You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, Paul Aspen, well done. I mean, that just sets the tone. Welcome to Beck UL Daily, presented by BetMGM, Aaron Hawksworth, Joe Ostrowski, our guy PJ Glasser with us. It is Conference Championship Football Friday, all of our favorite plays for the weekend coming up over the next three hours. In about 20 minutes, our guy Noops will join us to give us his best bets for both the NFL and we'll sneak in some NBA, but Joe... Dan Campbell, oh, I love it. We got to savor this moment. I mean, will he be in the Super Bowl? Will he not? I don't know. But football Fridays are winding down, so I'm enjoying it. Yeah, you think it's all going to end on Sunday? So much that uh, you put yourself out there, literally, with that that wager, um, man. There's <laughs> well, first off, that Campbell clip. I'm like, who's he talking about? Is he talking to Aaron? Like you've been in love with Campbell yeah. for the last couple of years. And then I realized, oh, okay, he's talking about ownership. I wish he was talking about me. <laughs> but... I know he's married, so it could have been his wife. Um, pretty sure it no. wasn't me. No, I think it was, it was the Lions ownership, but uh, their belief in him when nobody else believed him in him to be a head coach. But uh, yeah, social media was a buzz yesterday when they got wind of that clip. And, you know, I was just on with uh, Jenks and Chelsea and, and Jenks was laughing because he realized how much I can't stand the Lions and everything else. And it's like everybody else is rooting for him and I'm rooting against him. And uh, and I had to explain, I'm like, okay, but but now I'm torn, man. And once he found out, like, he wanted to cut our show an hour because he wanted to talk about an, uh, uh, for the next hour about this bet that you have. And now he's like, go Lions. You know, the donkster was I getting wild. I am sweating a little bit. <laughs> Some of my friends are like, man, you know, if Debo doesn't play, and I'm just uh, like, nah, well, nah, get ready nah. to see this tattoo then, my friends. That's the it's... good thing about making a bet. If it's a tattoo, you actually wouldn't mind. It's not that bad. I love Dan Campbell. Really? <laughs> I missed I missed the heck of a final hour of the show yesterday when you guys yeah, were making the bets. Oh, yeah. So what? So is it like the, the Detroit? Is it the Detroit logo? Like what would the tattoo be? No, face. Dan Campbell's His face. Face. Oh. Joe G was Joe G tweeted us a photo. I guess that was a request of the photo that he that was hot tattooed. That was hot. Yeah, I like that. Get a mullet. That was a long time ago, right? When he was playing mullet in there. Yeah, we got to do younger, younger Dan Campbell. Well, no. I guess if I lose this bet, we can come up with what, what picture it's going to be. I don't think we're going to have that conversation. Are you emotionally think. hedging with the Lions money line at all, Aaron? Just in case if they do win and you have to get a tattoo, at least you make some money out of it? That's a good idea. What's that going to do for you? That. That's not going to make you feel any better. Hey, 
No, but it could pay yeah. for it. I mean, exactly. it could pay for the tattoo. Pay for the tattoo. <laughs> yeah, yes, oh, exactly. Andrew's paying for it. Come on. Let's go. Come <laughs> Andrew. We're not, we're not, you're not do, paying for the content. It's great content. You guys got to at least pony up for the tattoo. I guess if so. I, you know, ever get married, my future husband's got to be like a Lions fan or something. Some some dude who's going to be okay with this. I got to tell you. <laughs> even or like Dan Campbell's younger brother. No. <laughs> like, I only take football so far. DMs are open. Like, let's say I'm dating someone and she had a, a tattoo of Mike Dicka's face on her backside. Like, no, I don't like that. I don't care. I grew up a big Bears fan. Loving Mike Dickett. Like, no, don't like it for one second. So if you're if you're a Lions fan and you're into it, that's that's weird. That's true. <laughs> right? We may have questions for this guy if he's in the right. Hat. So it's really not good in any scenario. Aaron, would you double down on the Super Bowl? Like if they make it, would you would you go for another tattoo? Double down? I'm already in deep, PJ. Yeah. No, I'm not risky. adding to this right this is, this is risky. It is Maybe still... if I have a few drinks, you can get me to do some more. I think I'm right definitely now, betting my foot. I think down. I'm definitely betting the Lions in the first half now. Like there's no way that Hawk is not sweating this bet. Like San Francisco's really? not taking a I'm actually sweating weird. right now. It's yeah. making me a little nervous as we're getting closer to kickoff. Man. This will be like a 14-14 game at halftime. And then I think San Francisco opens it in the second half, but I think I think the Niners make you sweat a little bit. It is the NFL. Like anything can happen. We've seen, you know, two touchdown underdogs win games before. Um, but I don't think it'll be much of a sweat. But if it is, that would be worth yeah. it. Like you'd have to go on a live stream or something. Get get and, on the stream with Car Puck. Let's get let's get that up for the second half of the game. And we can get into uh what it will take for the Lions to pull off that upset and props mm-hmm. later in the show. But first Joe, the coaching carousel news continues we had some action yesterday the vacancies continue to get filled um panthers hire bucks offensive coordinator dave canellis all these options joe and they said yep dave canellis is the guy that's gonna fix bryce young and take us to the promised land didn't have that on the bingo card so yeah the the question is did they have other options right like, who's exactly. actually going to work for this crap organization and that owner, <laughs> uh, knowing his reputation, what was going on behind the scenes? Like, that that was my w- wonder. Okay, how many people did you call and they hung up the phone immediately? Because, you know, if I have options that's and I've reached this status, that's what I'm probably doing as a coach. So I wonder how far down the list they had, they had to go, and it would have been embarrassing if they end up being the last team because nobody wants to work for them. So they probably wanted to get the hiring out of the way a little bit, you know, Yes, in part, the lead is the vacancies that were filled yesterday. But for me, and I think for many, it's that's not the lead. Like, we're down to two openings, and we're going to have some established coaches that don't have a job. That is amazing to me, that after all this, oh, is Belichick going to be available, this and that, that it looks like he's not going to have a gig. And that is now minus 1,600 that he's not a favorite, that he's not going to be coaching a team this year. And we talked about this idea on Monday. Like, people just started realizing yesterday, oh, wait, wait, Belichick might not have a team. Yeah, that's what we've been talking about the entire week. Atlanta was the only team that was interested. 
And once it became clear the Falcons weren't going down that road, like, wow, he's not having a gig. I think just as shocking, I'd say more shocking. It doesn't look like Vrabel's going to have a job. What? I could have argued that he's above Belichick and maybe second on a list of everybody getting hired or that we thought would get hired after Harbaugh. That is amazing to me. We'll see what how it shakes out with Seattle and Washington. But you got Belichick, Brabel, Ben Johnson still out there, Bobby Slowick. A couple of those dudes are not going to get jobs. And that's what's really interesting to me, PJ, that the, the lead is the guy's not getting the jobs just as much as the guy's getting the gigs. Yeah, I, I agree. Atlanta was the first hire in this cycle that really kind of made me scratch my head. Like I didn't, I, I didn't understand this move. You know, I thought they were going to go with the veteran proven winner as a head coach. I thought they'd go with Belichick. I thought maybe they would go with Vrabel when they decided not to go that route and they wanted to go with the defensive coordinator, like taking Raheem Morris over like a Mike McDonald. I, and who knows if he wanted that job, but I just. That, to me, didn't make much sense with what Atlanta was doing. And then Carolina, I mean, Joe hit the nail on the head. Like, you can't overcome bad ownership, you know? That's why the commander's job right now is so fascinating to see what head coach they are going to get because I promise you if Snyder was still in charge, like, Ben Johnson probably would not be taking that job, right? So, I mean, with Tepper at the helm – like there are only so many options that you can get at head coach. And while in a perfect world, they probably want a Slowick or they probably want a Ben Johnson. Like it's just not realistic because they know if they have a bad start to the season, which could be the case again, Carolina was really bad this past season. Uh, you know, they're not going to make it very long. So Canales, you know, he was with Geno Smith couple years ago when he kind of revitalized his career obviously he was a baker this year and they did some good things so I thought with the options that they had I thought uh I thought Canales was was a good hire but Joe's right like these next two jobs are going to be interesting I think Ben Johnson in DC is a slam dunk like that would surprise me if he's not the coach Seattle's the intriguing one like what they decide to do. They obviously just moved off of Pete Carroll, so I can't see them bringing in Belichick. I think Vrabel would be a perfect fit because they're trying to like rebuild the Legion of Boom a little bit with how they're building their team with those corners with Woolen and Witherspoon. So do you, do you bring in a defensive guy like Vrabel to kind of enhance that? Um, or, you know, do they go younger at D.C. with the Mike McDonald? Do they bring in an offensive guy? I think Seattle's interesting. I wonder, too, with Vrabel, guys, like, I never thought he would take the college route, but Ohio State is his alma mater, and with Harbaugh leaving, mm. and Michigan Ooh. probably not being as good, and Ryan Day being go. squarely on the hot seat, I mean, is Vrabel saying, you know what, if I don't get an NFL job, do I go back to Ohio State and try and win one there? So, that, to me, now, would be something to watch. And also, like, no Saban anymore, so you could kind of be like a big dog in a small pond, big name, Mm -hmm. going to college football. That's pretty intriguing. Great points, PJ. The one thing that also stood out to me with Vrabel and Belichick, like, is everyone wanting, like, younger guys also? I don't – because everyone's saying the Ben Johnson to Commanders thing is basically a done deal as soon as the Lions are done playing. But do – I hope he's great. Don't get me wrong. But how do we know? For example, Staley was supposed to be this genius. That ended up not working. D'Amico Ryan says even proved you can be a defensive guy and you can get 
a team going like I, I it seems like have we come too far on wanting these young offensive coordinators like maybe we have and it seems like a lot of these teams are looking for that yeah these teams are looking for the forever guy those are really hard to come by these jobs don't last that long um there are only a few scenarios where our coach lasts a decade but everybody in their their fantasy world thinks that's how it's going to work. We're going to get the play caller and head coach slash play caller. We're never going to lose that guy. So we don't have to worry about some team, you know, coming and stealing our great offensive coordinator because our head coach is really our offensive coordinator. I, I understand the idea. And I, and I was wondering if teams would approach it this way. I understand the idea of this guy just wants to use us. And he's not going to be here for a long period of time. And I'm talking about Belichick. Mm. He just wants to use us to get the record. Like, is he going to be engaged? Belichick has never struck me as a guy that's going to half-ass it, right? He's all in. He's all about winning. The reports are he wants to go to a smaller media market because he wants to get that crap out of the building. Like, he's taking this seriously wherever he goes. But even if you get the sense that he's using us to get a record for the next, let's say, three seasons. So what? So what? Use him. Okay, he's using you to get to the record. Use him. He's going to be wearing your team's colors when he breaks the record. It's going to be an iconic moment. And you get to learn how to be a professional organization. You get to learn the ins and outs of how the winners operate. You learn a lot with him just being in the building for a couple years. That's how I would approach it. I, I wouldn't care that he's so old. Like, I would say, wow, he's got the most knowledge in the league. I want to use that to our advantage for the next few decades. Yeah, I, uh, you know, Atlanta, I thought they missed an opportunity to bring Belichick in and, and kind of just learn, like, how to win. I, I kind of compare Atlanta to, like, the L.A. Chargers in the NFC. You know, they got this, like, stigma around them that they're just going to find a way to lose the game in the fourth quarter. And I think bringing in a guy like Belichick, and that's what their owner, Arthur Blank, kept talking about. You know, he wanted like a head coach that was kind of a proven winner. So for him to throw a curveball and hire Raheem Morris, I thought was, uh, that was interesting yesterday for Atlanta. If I'm a Falcons fan waking up today, I that would not have been one of my top three or four choices for head coach. Yeah, I find this coaching carousel cycle to be fascinating this year. Um, a lot of depth, a lot of guys available, and some surprises, I think, too. Did not see Dave Canales coming, that's for sure. This is VQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Up next, a big Lakers fan. Just kidding, he'd hate that I said that. <laughs> Noops joins us with his favorite NBA and NFL plays for the weekend touchdown bets, and even some NBA looks that we'll be betting on. That's next on the BetQL Network. MGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Joe Ostrowski, PJ Glasser, Aaron Hawksworth with you, and we are joined by Noops from BetUS and FTN. We're going to talk a little NFL, get some NBA bets from him. So the talk this morning has been the foolish bet that I made. If the Lions beat the Niners, I will tattoo Dan Campbell's face on my ass. So... Let's start there. The NFC Championship game. 
Do you think the Lions can pull this off? Am I in danger of having to follow up on this bet? Well, I now know that I'm cheering for the Lions. Um, it's it's one of those games where the more I look at both of these games, and I always hate to say stuff like this, it just looks really chalky to me. I'm sure we'll talk about the Ravens-Chiefs in a minute, but uh, this 49ers team matches up very well with the Lions. They have the defensive pieces to interrupt what Jared Goff wants to do. I'm sure you guys have covered already how much different Goff plays on the road versus at home. Uh, you know, everyone kind of worried that he's outside, and I think – you know, a lot of that stuff's going to add up, and it should be a comfortable win for the 49ers. That said, the Lions can score points, and if they can find a way to protect Goff to keep that 49ers pass rush at bay long enough, Laporta, Amon Ross St. Brown, we saw how good Josh Reynolds, Jamison Williams can break a play at a moment's notice. There is an ability to score a lot of points here. So maybe, Aaron, you hedge your bet a little bit and play like a Lions team total over, so at least you can win the money to pay for the butt tattoo. Joe. Joe, you're muted. <laughs> Cameras are off. Mics are off. What kind uh, of producing dude, it, is yeah, this? It's, it's, it's hell. Yeah, first few <laughs> minutes, I'm like, the camera's on me. Aaron's talking. I'm like, what is, what is going on? I need myself at some point. It's a complete disaster here. Um, yeah, it, it's, been tough. it's been tough trying to figure out where do the Lions have an advantage in this game. And, like, you would look to their strengths, and even with their strengths, it's like they're in trouble. Like, Ragnow's got four different injuries. He's going to fight through it because he's a tough dude. Uh, but Jonah Jackson, it, that hurt them last week a ton. It, it's really difficult. Um, as far as a numbers guy, I want to talk about Debo a little bit because there have been some, what I have felt, outlandish opinions out there about his value to this team. And it just feels like it's gone off the rails. I don't want to take anything away from him, but, but it's got to the point where I, I hear people saying, oh, he's worth about a point and a half to the spread. Like, what? what What do you think Debo's value is and how big is it? Let's say he's out there, but as a decoy. Yeah, I think it speaks to what Debo's value is in terms of what it unlocks for the rest of the offense. And maybe to say it in another way, the best part about this 49ers offense, when they have everybody in tow, there is always two or three really good-looking outlet options. You've got Kittle over the middle. You can run something short to Debo. You've always got the ability to run a pass look with McCaffrey. And when you take Debo off the field, it's just one less safety blanket, one less kind of safety valve option for Purdy. And it takes what is an incredibly dynamic offense and makes it a very, very good offense. And I think it's hard to value what that is. I don't know mm -hmm. if a point and a half is maybe a little too much, but I think he does have real value to the spread. I would say maybe half a point, a point, depending on where you are. Again, we're right at seven here. My guess is if Debo goes out, you'll see it move to six and a half. If he's in, it might move to seven and a half. So I agree with you, Joe, that maybe a bit is being too a bit too much is being made of Debo's impact, but it is real. It does matter. This number will move if he's announced in or out. Noobs, what are your thoughts on Christian McCaffrey? We had two guests yesterday, one of them like the over-rushing, one of them like the under-rushing. Detroit's really good against opposing running backs, but they really haven't faced too many good ones, and certainly they're going to face the best one on Sunday. And the props actually gone down from yesterday. It was at 88.5 on BetMGM. It's now at 86.5. So are you doing anything with CMC on Sunday? He is such a hard player to bet because the market pricing on him has just got 
and continue to be lower and lower and lower. Um, all due respect to our friends at BetMGM, they've made some really nice numbers, and when they are nice numbers, I find them hard to bet. He's plus 325 to score the first touchdown. That's probably exactly where that should be. He's plus 160 to score two or more touchdowns. I, that is as low as I think that's been all year. I don't. I can't think of another player that's been plus 160 ever to score two touchdowns. So it just makes things very hard. Um, what I would say is, and I'm trying to pull up his receiving props here right now, uh, 36 and a half yards receiving. I think that this Lions team has done a good job of piling up in the middle, trying to keep teams from running the ball. And again, it's Christian McCaffrey. He might get 100 yards anyway. But I think that we'll see him used in a lot more of a passing role, and especially if Debo Samuel is out. McCaffrey tends to pick up some of that work, um, some of those little quick throws that they get to Debo. You'll see those going to McCaffrey. So I think the best number you've got on McCaffrey right now, the only real bettable prop I can find, over 36 and a half receiving yards. What other bets do you like in the NFC Championship game? I'll open it up to uh, what you like that maybe is still available. Yeah, flipping through, it's I love betting touchdowns. I still think that is um, not only one of the most fun ways to bet a game, but a way you can still find value because, uh, you know, you've got certain things. For example, I'm looking at Josh Reynolds is plus 375 to score a touchdown. Jamison Williams is plus 400. One of those numbers is wrong, and I think it's the Reynolds number. Uh, there's no way they should be that close. As explosive as Jamison Williams is, you look at his snap count, you look at his target count, it is a third to half of what Josh Reynolds is. He's a really important player for this Lions team. Again, with as much attention as Amon Ross St. Brown and Samuel Laporta get, Reynolds sees a ton of targets. He scored first last week. I think he scores again this week, so I like that plus 375. And I will take him to score the first touchdown at plus 2200. Um, from the other side in terms of 49ers, again, I know this is a really tough bet given what my- – Christian McCaffrey can do, but we've seen the 49ers be more willing to run quarterback sneaks, to run kind of their own version of the tush push with Brock Purdy. He has plus 3,300 to score the first touchdown, plus 600 to score at all. I think there's a great chance they try to push him in. Again, if Debo is out, that Lions defense is going to be completely locked in on what McCaffrey's doing, and that'll be have a chance for Purdy to run it in. So a couple of bit a couple of long shots, really. Reynolds again to score and to score first. Purdy to score a touchdown and to score first. All right, Noobs, let's go over to the AFC side. And BetMGM, one of the few spots, it still has three and a half. It's a bit of a juice three and a half. Baltimore, but most of the market has gone to four almost uh, across the board here as we wait on the final injury report. What are your thoughts on uh, this number being bumped up to four? And do you have an opinion on the side? I think that the market is finally moving the right way. I had this closer to Ravens minus four and a half, almost five. I know the Chiefs are very impressive, and it's Patrick Mahomes, and all he does is ever win in these spots, and it's been a long time since we've seen the Ravens succeed, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. It's the NFL. Everything changes every year or two. Everything is completely different. Top to bottom, I think this Ravens team is better. Um, You know, Mahomes is the better quarterback maybe long-term, but you look over how the season has gone. Lamar Jackson has been fantastic. I was really impressed with how well he played in his first playoff game, you know, two weeks, I'm sorry, a week off in between games there. Um, You know, you had a lot of rust, but was able to get through that. I think that as good as this Chiefs defense is, the Ravens offensive line can handle Chris Jones, can handle that pass rush. Again, we know how good Lamar is moving around. I think the Ravens are going to be able to put points up on the board at the same time. I don't know what the Chiefs have left in the tank. Again, 
Andy Reid always saves a little magic, and maybe there's something in there. I just don't know what it is. Every time I try to come up with a case for the Chiefs, it involves some sort of outrageous Pat Mahomes, Andy Reid theory. So I like the Ravens quite a bit in this game. Um, I think that minus three and a half is a nice bet there. And I would even look to maybe sell out some points. Um, Don't have the alt spreads out in front of me, but a minus five and a half, a minus six and a half, something like that. I'll be back in the Ravens in a bunch of different ways. Would you like the over in the game, Noops, because you do like uh, their offense to put up some points, or, or do you like an under just because you think they can win like a 27-13 to 13 kind of game? If I was going to play the over, I would look at a first half over. Both of these teams are great second half under teams. I think the Chiefs went under in the second half every single game this year, except like two, maybe three different times. The Ravens also hit that second half under at a very high rate. It speaks to how much both teams really like to run the ball and know how to salt away a lead. So I was looking at maybe a first half over. Again, I expect a little bit of prolific offense, especially early in the game. And then to come back the other way with an under in the second half. If someone's up by, you know, two scores i think that second half we see very few possessions a lot of running and a lot of clock ticking who's scoring touchdowns in this one what you got for us this is another game that's a little tough the ravens are so concentrated and are constantly um uh, just a lot of chicanery and when it comes to the Ravens and rushing touchdowns. So, uh, you know, guys like Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards, they're hard to trust, but you come a little further down the board. Um, he scored first last week. And again, kind of a similar case to Josh Reynolds, Nelson Aguilar. Um, you think about Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers, obviously the best wide receiver there, but Aguilar again, time and time again, he's on the field. He gets targets. He knows how to get open there. So, plus 3,000 to score the first touchdown, plus 500 to score it all. I think those are really nice bets against a Chiefs team that has been poor against secondary, tertiary wide receivers. And the market, again, just a little slow to move that number. And then another kind of secondary, tertiary receiver for the Chiefs. Again, you look up and down here, Travis Kelsey is plus 800. That's just too short. Uh, that should probably be in the range of 11 to 1, not 8 to 1. Rasheed Rice has been really great, gets a ton of attention. It could probably be him, but again, don't really love the prices there justin watson plus three thousand to score the first touchdown plus 500 to score it all again if you're going to attack this ravens team i think we're going to have to see a lot more passing from the kansas city chiefs especially if they're behind and pushing watson has done a great job again being on the fields getting a lot of targets to scored a couple times this year and i think he can do it again so i'll go two wide receivers again kind of a little further down the list Aguilar plus 500 to score plus three thousand to score first judson justin watson same odds same bets we're all on the same page. Favorites winning uh, both games on Sunday. If we're all right, and we've got San Francisco, Baltimore, once again, we just saw this recently. Um, what do you think uh, the point spread's going to be? Some of the look-ahead lines, I was a little surprised to see that the um, 49ers were favored. I have the Ravens favored maybe by a point, point and a half in that matchup. But I think we're going to see a lineup closer to 49ers, minus one and a half, minus two. Um, again, just some of those look-ahead lines have kind of been in that range. And I think a lot of it, too, comes down to how impressive the victory is, you know, if the Ravens narrowly win and the 49ers just blitz the Lions, you might see 49ers as deep as minus two and a half. Um, again, opposite if the Ravens come out and win by a couple touchdowns, the 49ers win on the last second drive. Maybe it's closer to a pick em. But I think we'll see something in the range of San Francisco minus one and a half, minus two. Noobs, want to pivot to some NBA with you. we got about three minutes left. Uh, I want to get your just your thoughts on the Doc Rivers news to, uh, to Milwaukee. Did you like the fit? Uh, and would you bet Milwaukee in the futures market? Oh, boy. <laughs> <It's his face. laughs> 
Well, I think you're talking about Glenn Rivers, noted non-doctor. Um, I love him going to the Milwaukee Bucks, but I love that because I am a Philadelphia 76ers fan. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks are just very confusing. They make the big trade for Dave Lillard and then bring in a first-year head coach. Uh, and that's just moving in two different directions. I can't imagine as an organization doing something like that. And a lot of the struggles that Adrian Griffin had were around making adjustments. No, maybe even go back. You know, they've got Mike Budenholzer, great players coach, has a nice system. The team really likes him, but bad at making adjustments, really blew some playoff series given what he's done from a timeout perspective. That's Glenn Rivers. You've basically taken the guy that you fired last year, had somebody coach half a season, and brought in a slightly different version of that. Now, if you have to hire a coach at midseason, a guy like Rivers with all his cachet, he's going to walk into that locker room, immediately be respected. But there's going to be a playoff game, maybe even a late regular season game they need to win. The Bucks are going to have a lead going into the fourth quarter, and they're going to score 15 points in the fourth and lose the game by six because – Time and time again, Rivers has shown us he just is not capable of making those kind of adjustments. There is a bet, however, I like as a result of all that. The Miami Heat, to win the Eastern Conference, it's plus 1,200 from our friends at BetMGM. I know they just got smoked by the Celtics last night, but the Bucs look like they're going to struggle. I have no faith in that recent coaching hire. The Celtics are the Celtics. When the postseason comes, that offense tightens up. Things are going to be rough. I love the Sixers' potential, but no matter somewhere right now, Joel Embiid's right knee is swelling, and that is always a problem. I love the Terry Rozier yeah. trade. We know how good Miami can be. That's the bet I like. Give me the heat to win the Eastern Conference 12-1. to 1. Noobs, your NBA analysis is, it always makes me laugh. Like the way you talk some trash, you just sneak it in there. It's like a craft for you. Any other bets that you have your eye on that don't involve Glenn Rivers? <laughs> Thank you for saying Glenn. I really appreciate that, Aaron. It's always nice to be able to make you smile. It's a big <laughs> slate of NBA action tonight. Fridays are tough and there's a a phrase that me and my NBA friends like to use, and I probably can't say the word on air, so I'll refer to it as Friday fudgery. Um, Fridays, for whatever reason, if you go back and look, there's just a lot of nonsense. I guess maybe NBA players have a weekend, too, or something. They're trying to get through some of these games. But some pretty interesting spots here, and I'll start with the Oklahoma City Thunder. They're one-and-a-half-point underdogs to the New Orleans Pelicans in New Orleans. I have Oklahoma City rated as a better team. The home court advantage in New Orleans is not fantastic, and neither is the matchup for the Pelicans. They are really good at the rim. A lot of good big guys, they struggle against guards. If you haven't heard, Shea Gilders-Alexander is an MVP candidate this year, a fantastic player at guard. The Pelicans don't have a lot of talent at wing. The Thunder are overwhelmed with players at the wing who can defend, shoot, and do a lot of great stuff. So I'm going to play the Thunder tonight, and I'm going to play them just to win outright. You can take the one-and-a-half point if you like, but the money line at plus 105 looks really, really nice to me. I think that's a very good spot. Um, the aforementioned Milwaukee Bucks, five-and-a-half-point favorites over the Cleveland Cavaliers. I am going to take the Bucks again. There is just a feeling of renewal in, in this team. Again, I think having to play for several months with a coach that it seems like everybody on the team really did not like Adrian Griffin. And as much as I worry about Glenn Rivers' success in the postseason, he's a great regular season head coach. I think the Bucks smashed the Cavaliers the other night and probably do it again. So I'll also lay five and a half points with the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. Awesome. Stay out of all the fudgery this weekend. Thank you for your bets. I also don't believe that Adrian uh, Griffin and Giannis, like that Giannis says he was surprised and didn't know that was coming. Oh, that geez. seems like BS. That's this a is lie. Becky That's L. a stone-cold lie.
Yes, presented by BetMGM. Up next, we'll look at some specials for the NFL Championship Weekend next. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. I like this music. It's like a real sense of urgency for these championship weekend specials. We are ready to go. Not only are we going to talk specials, Joe, but also if there's just a prop that has not been mentioned throughout the week that maybe you like could be a special, might not be a special. So what do you have your eye on here? Well, you know what? I've got to turn to the glass, man, Aaron, because when I saw that we were doing specials for Championship Sunday, I wrote it first thing, overtime, question mark. He's the overtime expert on the network. That's his favorite angle. Uh, He texted me over the weekend that it was so close to one of his (laughs) overtime bets. Uh, What do you think, glass, man? Okay, so so you're a huge Ravens fan. You don't really want it to go to overtime because that would mess with things. Then it's a coin toss going against Mahomes in overtime. I don't think anybody really wants to sign up uh, for that one. But it's the the game that has a closer point spread. You've got to feel good with all these, quote, sharp bettors driving up the point spread. Um, I don't know. Are you going to bet overtime on Ravens Chiefs? Uh, I, I probably will bet it on, uh, yeah, Ravens Chiefs would be the game. I do like it, just betting it for both at plus 500. I feel good doing the show with you oh. guys today, too, that we could get an overtime play because you can't spell Hawksworth without OT and you can't spell Ostrowski without OT. There you so go. We got all the good vibes that we need. True. It's going to hit this All right, week. hold on. How long He's you have right. that one cooking, PJ? That's pretty how, good. How it's, long have you been, been married on that one? It's been a while. I'll be I'll be honest. As he was talking, I'm like, wait, is that right? I'm like, oh yeah. It just it just hit me. That's pretty good. Um, are you jealous of us? You don't a have little OT bit. in your last yeah, name. I, I, yeah, I wish my name was like Gosert or something like that, you know, where you can put the <laughs> OT in there. But I'm relying on you guys. I kind of think though it might happen in the Niners Lions game, just because Aaron <laughs> Obviously, the tattoo is on the line, and uh, I'm wondering if, if they're going to make her, you know, really sweat, sweat it, out. it out and go to overtime. But, yeah, I like that bet, plus 500 for either game. Man, <laughs> you think Lions-Niners can go to overtime? No, I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't but know. who knows? I didn't think the Packers would keep it close last week either. So True. I know you guys are laying the points with San Francisco. Did both of you guys like the Niners last week too against Green Bay? Did you take a minus nine and a half? I did not take them. Mm-mm. No. Because that's no. what I'm struggling with this week is I laid the nine and a half with the Niners. And, I mean, you guys know how it is in betting. Like when you lay a big number with the team and then it's like the – Next week, you like them again, but can you go back to the well one more time uh, and lay another big number over a touchdown, minus seven, minus seven and a half? So I I do lean that way with the Niners. Um, You know, I thought when we had T.A. on yesterday, he was really bringing up some good points just about the matchup and the Niners forcing golf to throw outside the numbers and their ability to take away the middle of the field. It's obviously the lines are outside. They're going to be on natural grass don't have much experience with that this season. So 
I do like San Francisco. Um, you know, the game probably with the better chance to go to OT is is Ravens Chiefs, just because I like the under in that game. I think that's going to be like a 23, 20, 2017 kind of game. So that's the one I think I'd be more confident in. But uh, who knows? I mean, maybe the Lions can keep it close, force overtime. Plus Campbell with the two-point conversions, that throws scoring out of whack. Like it, maybe it doesn't stay in line. So there's another another reason, in addition to the larger point spread, that would be more difficult for the NFC Championship to go to OT. So of the specials, stuff that we have not talked about, so we're basically excluding sides, totals, uh, props. That, you know, one sportsbook posted that I find really interesting, and maybe it's not the perfect value, but it just – you know, it had me thinking about different combinations for touchdowns. And I thought this was, you know, there are some players that were in these combos that I already like to score touchdowns. So they list five players and you need four of the five players to score at least one touchdown in the game. And a couple of combinations I did like, and both of these are at six to one. So going through uh, this group of five, I need four to score. CMC, always a huge favorite. I think he gets into the end zone. Gibbs, Montgomery, um, we've talked about that. Like, yes, the Lions could be on the wrong end of it, but both of them have scored in the majority, the vast majority of games this season. Ayuk and Kittle. So CMC, Gibbs, Montgomery, Ayuk and Kittle. I think it's a Kittle game, so I like him to get into the yeah. end zone. And if Debo's hobbled, like it appears that he is with the shoulder, I think it's going to be a big Ayuk game. So those five players, I like all of them. So I would think that there's a decent chance that four could get into the end zone at six to one. The other combo of five, uh, CMC again, Gibbs again, Kittle again. Okay, I like all those. Here's what's different. Pacheco and Gus. Like for the Chiefs, you probably got to lean on Pacheco a little bit more, and we know the big advantage that the Ravens are going to have in this matchup, the biggest, is their run game, so I could see Gus getting into the getting into the end zone. Hmm. I like those. So one thing that stood out to me is um, Crack has come on the show and told us, like, don't bet when you can only be offered yes <laughs> and there's no no option to stay away. So that yeah, well, scared me off because a lot of these specials, you're only getting a yes on. So I was right. like, Ooh, maybe I hit the pause button. Um, but how do we feel just about all teams to score one plus field goal? Yeah, I, I was looking at those not... two. Yeah. No, I was just, could the Lions? No, it's not that. Um, I was my, I was thinking through it too. And I was thinking, is this too random? Like where yeah. that one team that's a complete no show, maybe they fall by behind early. They're down by three, four scores. Field goals do nothing for them, and they never even kick one all game just because of that. Because they're trailing by so much, they need touchdowns. Okay. So that's why I ended up staying away from that because I do think one of these games, there's a possibility both are. Probably not because of Mahomes, it never happens. But there is a possibility where both games ended up end up being blowouts. And even if one is a blowout, it's it, it still you think it's going to be tough for all four uh, to get field goals. That's why I stayed away from that one. Yeah, okay. there were a couple others that interest me. Um, for in either of the games, an onside kick to be attempted at plus 145. I think the Lions are going to be super aggressive in this game. Like, I could see Dan Campbell just, like, surprise onside kicking, knowing he needs to steal a possession. 
Or, you know, maybe we just get a traditional one where teams down two scores, end of the game, they score and need an onside. But I could certainly see the Lions just trying a surprise one to try and change momentum. Dan Campbell's that kind of guy. And then another one I liked at 16 to one was any non quarterback to throw a touchdown pass on Sunday. I could see the Chiefs. <laughs> I could see the Chiefs yeah. in the red zone when they do their like ring around the rosy thing, right? And they spin around in the circle and Kelsey comes out because they're gonna have to get creative in the red zone, right? I mean the Ravens didn't give up an offensive touchdown to Houston last week. They're really good in the red zone. And Reed is so creative in the red area and they really haven't done like any trick plays in, in a while i think they've kind of been saving it for a game like this so you know the chiefs are one of those teams when you get props like this and they're involved i think it's pretty intriguing and again the lions like i mean i don't think any player outside of golf is stone for a touchdown this season but they certainly could co- try and get creative too if debo plays you know and he's in the backfield with mccaffrey and they yeah. run something but uh, I think Kansas City's probably our best shot with that. That's a good look because there are a few teams where, where you could see that uh, play out in that manner. Mm-hmm. I like that. Here's one. It's a little plus money. It's not a 16 to 1 or any kind of a long shot. But it's just something that I, that I found interesting that I could see hitting. Purdy, Goff, Mahomes. Purdy, Goff, Mahomes combined for six plus passing touchdowns. What do you think? Ooh, I like that. So What's you're removing Lamar. It? It's What's it's just a little plus money. It's plus 115. So you're removing Lamar. You got the other three quarterbacks. You need them to combine for at least six. Hmm. I could see Purdy with three, possibly yeah. four. Mahomes um, with one Goff or two. And garbage Goff time, with maybe. a couple. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's I like that that's one. Good Similar along those lines, thinking about the Lions in garbage time, lowest scoring team. The favorite is the Chiefs, but it feels like it's going to be them against this Ravens defense. Like plus 140 for the Chiefs to be the lowest scoring team because there is that garbage time opportunity with the Lions. Um, so I don't think it's going to be them. What are the Lions odds? Any- I think they're plus 200. I was looking at that one too, Aaron. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking that. Mm, Chiefs or Lions as far as that goes. Yeah, like with those touchdown combinations, I didn't want any – like I scratched out the ones that had multiple Chiefs in it. Like, I don't want any part of that where I need multiple Chiefs to score touchdowns and I got to nail the players. Like some have yeah. Kelsey and Rice. I'm like, no. Or Pacheco and Rice, Pacheco and Kelsey. No, I'd rather just go with other teams. So – that makes sense. Are they the favorite, Aaron? They the... are. Uh, the Lions are wow. plus 175. The Chiefs are plus 140. But it hmm. makes sense. It's crazy that we've come this far on a Chiefs team, but especially with how good Mike McDonald you know, has been with the halftime adjustments defensively, I think it's going to be tough. If any team is going to have a tough time putting up points, it's probably the Chiefs. Who guys, Unless the Ravens month? are up so big, but I don't know if I see the game script going up that that way right yeah um brandon Ayuk to have a 50 yard plus reception at 16 to 1 that like that price you know i'm How thinking about have number- done that oh man That's i love it yeah in this I mean, game they- against right. that secondary i need one 
Man. Just one for 16 to one. I mean, you think about Evans had a couple of 30 yard catches. I think Puka's touchdown when they play was over 50 yards. Um, yeah, Ayuk probably hasn't done that much this season. And he once. doesn't have, you know, breakaway speed. He's done it once. But yeah, in a game like this against that secondary, I mean, for 16 to one, like, I think it's certainly and could the, be worth it. That's the value is amazing. And the one time he did do it was 76 against the Bucks. So, yeah. That could be a good look, especially with a injured Debo. Yeah, that's just the price. You know, if that was like plus 700, 800, I probably wouldn't do it. But it's 16 to 1. Well, the price is right. He mm-hmm. sent it once this year, and it's 16 to 1. That makes sense in this specific go. instance against a terrible secondary. I could see why, why you would take a shot on that one. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Up next, our final answers for plays on the NFC title game and the Lions stuff. Lions, Niners, next.